This is the Lotus Bloom Podcast. And here is your host, Morgan Wiley. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lotus Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Wiley, and it has been a hot minute since our last podcast. If you have been with us from the beginning, then I apologize for the delay. And if you're listening to this fresh and new, then you won't even notice an interruption in the episodes. For me, 2020 had a serious lack, a lull, a speed bump, uh, whatever you want to call it, in my creativity. And uh, it's taken me some time to to find my way back out, to climb out of the, the darkness, to the cave, whatever you want to call it. I am working my way back and I have missed this and I've needed some creative outlets again. I feel that stirring. And so I just wanted to get back into it. And um, if you're still here with us, thank you. Um, If you're new to this podcast, then welcome. I'm excited you're here, and I hope that you can find nuggets of inspiration to ignite your own creativity and to uh, learn and share from others in their creative journeys. That's what this is about. It's about hearing other people's stories and their journeys and being inspired into creativity. I have some ideas on some things I want to move forward with in this new year. It is 2021, baby. It is uh, the beginning of a new year, a new season, a new hope, fresh perspective. Yes, it is technically just turning the page on a calendar, but there is something to a new year that mentally allows us to have a fresh start a clean slate, a new page to start again, uh, to begin anew, whatever that might mean for you and your creative journey. I'm excited to bring you another interview today that I had with a beautiful friend and author, a graphic designer. She is creative on so many levels and she has a heart for new authors and those trying to find their way in the publishing world. And I'm excited to share her story with you today. Some of these interviews were done throughout 2020, but I feel like everything they share is still applicable and it is information and stories that remain true and are still worth hearing and sharing. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you today to Rachel Ritchie, Also, as a quick side note, I had been dealing with allergies when I conducted this interview with Rachel, and I have a very raspy, kind of a smelly cat vibe going on, so just bear with me and enjoy the interview. I'd like to welcome to the show, Rachel Ritchie. Welcome. I'm so excited you're here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I'm glad. So, Rachel, for those who don't know you, you are um, a friend of mine, but you are an author and you are a graphic designer and you're kind of a a jack of all trades when it comes to designing and creativity. How, How does your creative journey begin? 
Well, for me, my creative uh, journey began probably in my early 20s when I really took to the idea of uh, photo manipulation. I've always loved to write. That's always been something on the the back burner, I guess you could say. Okay. Where <laughs> I, I loved writing. I just was terrible at ending stories and I hadn't really figured out the process of starting a story and ending a story and what that took to really get to that point. So I struggled with that a lot of years and I focused mainly, mainly excuse me, on poetry. Oh. But um, in my early 20s, I started doing a lot of photo manipulation and uh, photography, and that was a really great creative outlet for me. I did a couple of senior photo shoots, some weddings and things like that, and then did some photo manipulation for them as far as, you know, photoshopping, uh, changing colors, adding special details, et cetera, et cetera. And that grew over time. But um, it just wasn't really my main niche for what I creatively wanted to do with my life. It always came back to writing mm-hmm. and, and what I wanted to do with that. So about how many years ago is this now? Uh, 2013, 2014. See, now I can't even remember it and it hasn't been that long. <laughs> <laughs> so 2013-ish, 2014, uh, we had uh, a foster daughter and there was a lot of up and down because that's just kind of what comes with the foster system. There's a lot of roller coasters of emotions and things sure. that come and go throughout the process. And so I was getting to this point where I knew that she was probably going to be leaving us and we'd had her for a couple of years by then. Oh. So it was really difficult for me emotionally. And I started shutting down. And kind of pulling away from the people around me. And it was at that point in time that I started talking to God. And I I was telling him how I felt so ugly on the inside. And I didn't like who I was anymore. And I didn't like that I wasn't emotionally invested in anyone. Mm. And um, through that prayer and just kind of admitting where I was and how I felt about myself, I I felt... um, led to the story, I guess you could say, like all of a sudden the story mm-hmm. started coming into my head and it had a beginning, a middle and an end. And it was, a, it was about being uh, this, this princess, this child of a king who, um, who was loved and beautiful, uh, not because of what she was on the outside, but because of who she was on the inside. And that mm-hmm. story, uh, that short story that kind of kept playing in my head for days and days and days turned into weeks. And so I had to write it down. I had to write down what was in my head. And so I went ahead and did that. And then from there, because I had that, that bone of that story, it built into the first book in my Chronicles of the 12 Realms series. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, the idea of how to build a story and how to get from beginning to end started clicking. And I, I used that story building not only to write these books, but also to, um, to recognize what was going on inside of myself and Mm -hmm. how to kind of grow and come back to the real world. So I think that writing really became a cathartic exercise from the beginning Mm -hmm. in that way. And since then, it's just kind of become its own monster, you could say. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I was really honest. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I think you're right. And I think a lot of people and myself included that, you know, we use writing as it's an expression, but not only for others to read, but for us to, you know, um, examine our own feelings and help us process the things that we're going through as well. And I think that's really a good example of that. Yeah, definitely. You said that much better. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) So, um, you, so you mentioned the Chronicles of the Twelve Realms. How, uh, let's see, you're, how many books are in that now? Is that three, four? There are three. I'm working on a prequel right now that has been in the works for a few years. Uh, after finishing the third book in that series, uh, I wanted to go back and write this prequel. Of course, uh, during that same period of time, I started taking on other work uh, to help other authors with book design. So I, I had learned a lot in the process of mm-hmm. making my own books and, and publishing since I'm an indie publisher. And I just kept seeing this need uh, where people just didn't know what to do next or where to go or where to get the information or who to hire, uh, someone they could trust, someone who uh, wasn't going to charge them a ton of money to get it work. So I kind of looked at it as this outreach to help other authors like me who don't have a huge budget, but who need Mm -hmm. quality work done. So I I started offering help to other authors and then that's kind of morphed into me doing some cover design, but mostly what I do is interior formatting, which is, if you've never done it before, can be a huge headache and take Mm -hmm. hours and hours hours out of your day, your week. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And so on. So um, I've, I've uh, taken on more and more of that over the last three years. And so this last year and a half have been very full between raising my kids and homeschooling my youngest and uh, life in general, all the activities that kids have and and being a mom and then wanting to write has kind Mm -hmm. of moved toward the back of the, the train of activities that get done. Thankfully, yeah. that creativity, that that need to create things, still mostly gets satisfied in doing the formatting. Although I think most people would look at that and go, "That's not creative. That's oh. pain, right?" <laughs> but it, no, no, it is. I think I think there is. I I compare it to being an architect, where you take all the building blocks and you put something together. It's a little bit like playing Minecraft. In creative mode. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's something that you're gifted at and it lights you up inside. And so that is, that's what creation is. I mean, it doesn't matter if somebody else doesn't think so or not. It's, it's satisfying that need in you and it's, it's helping someone else. Yes, I, exactly. So that was actually my, one of my questions uh, was how do you balance it all? How do you make time for yourself to write and to get the other things in and homeschool. I'm kind of in a similar boat, you know, with the homeschooling and all, all the different things. And so I'm, I'm always curious, how do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> and I can ask you the same question. <laughs> for, for me, it, I keep telling myself I need to make lists because they are really, truly helpful when I have that physical list to look at. Mm -hmm. In my email account right now, um, I do have a list on the side that kind of tells me what my main projects are so that I don't forget and get sidetracked and not finish something because I will get, I'll get started on a project, but then something else will come up and my attention will go toward that new project. And then I'll forget about the other one. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, lists are super important for me. 
I'm just really bad at lists. Mostly I know the major things that need to get done in my life. And then I schedule everything else around those things. So if I have time for it, I do it. Um, With writing, that is so far down on the list of things right now that it's, uh, it doesn't happen as much as I would like it to. So I get writing in a couple times a week. Uh, some of it's just the planning stages though, because I mm-hmm. have found that I'm definitely an outliner, if not a planner when it comes to writing as opposed to a, a pantser. Mm-hmm. So I don't just necessarily sit down and, and uh, try to find the story as I write. I usually have markers along the way that point me to the end of that story, the part that I always struggled with. If I know the end, then I can fill everything else out in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so with, with organization, it, it's definitely helpful to have lists, even if they're just quick bullet points of these are the things that need to get done. And then uh, I let what I'm doing kind of flow into each other. So when I'm doing homeschool, after we've gone through a lesson, I will take time while my daughter is working on her work to sit down and focus on something that is quick and easy. So formatting, because I can stop in the middle of something there and I can go back and help her with lessons. Writing is a lot Mm. more difficult to do that though, because it takes a lot of concentration to stay inside of your story, in your characters' heads, (laughs) moving forward. You probably have experienced that too, since we have that in common. (laughs) Yeah, no, that is, it's, it's like, okay, well, I have nap time or I have, you know, a little bit of time here, but I I need a a chunk of focused time to be able to get into my story, let alone, you know, write for a block of time. Mm -hmm. So if it's not enough, then yeah, if I'm, if I haven't like consistently been in my story, it it's almost like it takes too much energy to get back into it right. than to do some small other creative thing, you know. So yeah, I find that then my writing gets pushed aside because I I haven't made extra time to really stay in the story. Exactly. Yeah. So do do you? Uh, well, for me, I end up writing more in the evening, so late at night sometimes through the night. <laughs> Do you find that there's a certain time of day where you write more often too? Oh gosh. Um, nights do not work for me. I am exhausted <laughs> by the time I it's bedtime. Bet. I pretty much have the energy to like read and that's about it. Um, you can close your eyes and sleep yes. when the baby sleeps. <laughs> oh, so mornings, I mean, in the past mornings have been kind of my key time. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm just finally getting back to a place where I feel like, okay, I can get up earlier now. The baby's sleeping through the night. And so I need to make a effort to get up earlier to make that time so that I, I, you know, can keep writing. But so I also feel that satisfaction of creating something, Mm -hmm. like you said, and just to be able to get that story out. Yes. I like that. And I think that's a really good point is to get up and, and make the time and schedule it for yourself. And that mm-hmm. goes along, I guess, with lists. <laughs> yeah, it is, though. It's it's being intentional about it and and making the time. Otherwise, time gets away from you and it just keeps on going. It sure does. So giving yourself <laughs> deadlines when you're your yes. own boss and uh, sticking to them. And I think that's probably one reason with this prequel why why I haven't finished it yet is because I haven't given myself a firm deadline. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard giving ourselves deadlines because you know sometimes I just don't listen to myself very well. <laughs> I'm kind of an unruly employee, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> You're shaking your head at yourself. I'm like, no, that's oh, not gonna Morgan. work. <laughs> so you also do um I'm not sure I'm calling them correctly but you blog battles can you share a little bit about what that is and how how that fits in for you sure uh, blog battles came out of uh conversations with other writers that I had met on Twitter and that we all had blogs so we were connected in both of those places through social media where we, uh, one one other writer and myself decided we were going to challenge each other to write stories based off of one word. And we were going to use the same oh. word to write our stories and then have people read them and, and choose a winner. Uh, he won, by the way. It was great. It was, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so fun. Other writers who read the stories and uh, kind of went along that journey with us were like, we need to do this with all of us again. And I said, you know what? That sounds like a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and continue that. We can encourage each other and just kind of help each other be better writers by uh, connecting on this this uh, similar path using a word prompt. So I decided we're going to call it blog battles, and we're gonna we're gonna do it once a week. It started out as a once a week process, and people joined in when they could, and um, not when they couldn't. Everybody would read each other's stories, and then at the end of the week, they would vote, and we would have a winner, and then I would conduct an interview with the winner, and it was a lot of fun, and that grew and grew to the point where I decided, you know what, we've got 20 to 30 people joining in. Uh, Let's go ahead and make its own blog. So I separated it from my blog, uh, from my website, and put it on its Mm -hmm. own blog, Um, and unfortunately, doing that because no one was really connected to it anymore... Uh, it kind of dwindled for a while, and um, but I kept going, kept offering it. And there was always a few consistent people who wanted to continue doing that. We would take this word, and it turned into uh, once a month, which is more manageable for me. Sure. Uh, so we take this word. Everybody gets the same word. You don't find out until the month that you're supposed to write your story what the word will be. And then you write 1,000 words or less. And we read each other's stories. We don't right now have the the judging aspect where we pick a winner on a monthly basis, but that might be coming back. The uh, since we moved the the blog battle over to its own blog, it now has me and another admin. So the two of us are kind of working together to keep it going. Oh, nice! Uh, and it, it works a lot better with a, a second person, especially someone who is excellent at connecting with people and commenting. Um, Mm -hmm. His name is Gary. He's in the UK. He's energetic and, and really thoughtful with his comments and things. So he's been a really great asset to have with running blog battles, but it's just a lot of fun because you get all kinds of stories, people who write uh, really, who have a lot of experience and people who have just brand new experience who are writing stories and reading each other's stories commenting, sharing. Uh, It's just a really fun community. And to see some of the writers just growing and improving because of that is, it's exciting. That's really cool. So anyone can join in on that. Yes. Yep. If you have a blog or somewhere where you can post your story and we can link to it. (laughs) Yeah. 
And how would someone link to it? They use the, the hashtag or do they send it in somewhere? Uh, at our, our blog. So it's blogbattlers.wordpress.com. Um, you can go to the comments under whatever month story it is. And you can just link there. And then we know for sure. And I look for people's links also on Twitter, but sometimes those get kind of mixed in. So it's a little bit mm -hmm. more difficult there. So if you post your link at blogbattlers.wordpress.com on the, the month's word, then we definitely can find it and get you linked up so that people can read your story. Oh, that's really cool. So when you are let's say in a, in a dry spell, how, how do you find inspiration? What drives your creativity? Oh, that's a good question. Um, there, there is probably a time recently, I think with everything that's been going on in the world and the mm -hmm. amount of stress that has built up, I think that those are kind of those moments where a dry spell can hit. Mm -hmm. either related to outside experiences or like even in the story, if something is stressing me out in the story and I feel like I can't write what I need to write for it, that can turn into a dry spell. And I think mm -hmm. what helps me get out of those is just to pick up my pencil and write something else or uh, write um, what I'm feeling and then turning the focus toward what I'm trying to write, what I need to get out. But mm. I don't know if that's a really good answer for that or not. <laughs> I, I don't think difficult. there's a, a right or wrong. I think it's, you know, whatever works for you. What, you know, what inspires you to, yeah, to get out of a funk or just, you know, to start to refocus and, and feel inspired again. I know that talking to other writers and hearing how, uh, and hearing from readers, those things mm -hmm. definitely help. Yeah with inspiration to pick up the pencil again and keep going. So like just yesterday, in fact, um, another friend uh, texted me and said, Hey, have you written any more books in your series? Because I had this friend who realized that, that uh, she had met you at, at a, a kid's birthday party at my house once. And she didn't realize this was your book until after she finished reading it. She's super excited and she wants to read more. <laughs> And I thought, oh dear, that's I awesome. Some more, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're like, oh, let me hurry. I'll just crank something out. <laughs> yes, I have. I have the plan. I just haven't written it yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> it just takes time, darn it. <laughs> yeah, so that was really inspiring yesterday uh, to make me want to pick up my pencil again and put aside all these other projects that need to get done. But I can't really do that. So <laughs> it'll have to wait just another week or two. And then I'll, I'll make more time. <laughs> now, you're also an artist. You you draw, right? Yes. I, I mostly uh, sketch and paint manually. And then I suppose this is still manually. Then I like to do digital art, which is something I've just recently started picking up. So I'll take my sketches and scan them into the computer and then use them as a backdrop for doing digital paintings. So you don't oh. actually use the drawings themselves. They just become like a faded image in the background to help you get the outline for whatever you want uh, to create. 
on the computer. So it's kind of like painting, but it's digitally. And um, I'm really enjoying that. It's time consuming because I'm so new to it, but I'm always looking into to new ways to do art. I'm not necessarily a crafty artist, so you won't see me building things, but I definitely like the, the visual aspects of sketching and painting. Very cool. I am not. I, I wish I was sometimes. <laughs> I think my daughter wishes that I was, <laughs> but she's the artist in the family. Um, and you've given her so much outlet and, and uh, learning for that, which is really cool. So, <laughs> Oh, well, and I, have, I have you to thank for some of that. She's, uh, she's been inspired by some of the, uh, the YouTube artists that you've mentioned. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> it's better than I can teach her. <laughs> They're better Um, than I am too. So (laughs) we'll go with it. They're good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you use your, your art for your stories. You create your characters and uh, things like that. Right. Yeah. I like to do, um, I like to kind of imagine what my characters might look like. And it's hard sometimes because I've never really used uh, a real person model to, to make the descriptions for my characters. So it's always been out of my own imagination what I think that they would be like. Mm-hmm. Although I do like when you can make a Pinterest board and you can use actual people to to build this this feeling mm-hmm. and this uh, inspiration that you can share with your readers that will mm-hmm. attract their attention and will also inspire you as a writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I said, since I do so much of it out of my own imagination, sometimes it's hard to find anybody that fits. <laughs> bill (laughs) well that's exactly it I mean I also have Pinterest boards I use for my own inspirations but it's hard to find you're like well her hair looks like this picture and her eyes look like this picture but to get them to mesh together to fit what's in my imagination because I don't have the ability to get it out of my head (laughs) I think that's a really great tool that you can so yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. And you know, it, what you what you should do, no, you shouldn't do this unless you really, really want to, is you <laughs> learn how to, to Photoshop and take the hair <laughs> and the eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, in my free time in 20 years. <laughs> I have a cousin who takes uh, on her on her Instagram, she takes her own head and she sticks it onto other people's bodies in her images all the time and she writes funny things about them. And so oh. I think that that's probably if I were trying to create a character with different pieces, it would be like a Frankenstein's monsters <laughs> sort of photoshopped experience and it would look like I'm just sticking someone else's head on a different body. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, don't do that unless you really want to. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, do you find it important? And if so, how do you foster creativity in your own kids? Well, I, with my kids, I really want them to be creative in ways that they enjoy being creative. And with some of them, it's easier than others. So as I'm with them, spending time with them, I, I share my loves of creativity with them. And then I look and try to see which ones inspire them the most. So whereas I love uh, drawing and writing, my uh, three of my four kids uh, all like to write. Two of them write stories, and they're creative and they're fun. Um, my youngest, not only does she write, she loves to draw. 
Mm-hmm. And she's starting to develop her own style in that, which is really cool. And when, when we get our daughters together, she loves how Reagan does it. She, <laughs> she loves her art. And so she's very inspired oh, when sweet. she's with her. Uh, <laughs> and then the next one up, he, he writes really quirky tales and he's a gamer <laughs> so his creativity is really put into the the gaming worlds and building creating and and uh survival games and the story that builds out of that so he's very much into story so I like to encourage him in that way really cool and we talk about writing stories and then my my next role is he's very much into sports and um he's more of a analytical person he remembers all the stats on football players and basketball players and and even ones that aren't even in the sports anymore he knows facts about them and it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) so that's kind of where where he is the most creative is in in gaining knowledge and sharing it and how he shares it and then my oldest writes poetry and I've uh, had the opportunity and I'm so thankful she let me do this I, I published a book of her poetry it's just her her day by day poetry over the course of about four years and that's where her creativity shines the most she's <laughs> she's very shy about the book but uh, she also is is really proud of it so it's it's pretty fun to see that's so awesome fantastic yeah poetry is not um is not my forte I have done I have dabbled but it's yeah it's not it's not in me to do that I don't think <laughs> well you can sometimes have in your books and I, I appreciate it about it is you have some very poetic prose in especially your fantasy writing that is not purple it's it's appropriate for the scene, but it's also not just your run-of-the-mill words. So you do have some poetry. Oh well, thank you, thank you. And I suppose I should. Yes, I should. I think when it's, I, I am like going to sit down to specifically come up with a poem. Um, that stresses me out. <laughs> I understand that. But yes, I suppose like I can, you know, add a little bit and weave it into a story. <laughs> When you're already inspired and in the midst of writing, it just right. comes out. <laughs> right. If I can form it in the way of, you know, a prophecy from another realm, then perhaps that comes out a little better. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask you about on your website, um, because you really do have a heart for other authors and um, especially maybe newer authors or inexperienced authors who are looking for resources and help in learning some basic things. And on your website, you have um, some resource videos um, to help them with that. Can you share a little bit about those and and maybe what brought that about? Oh, sure. Um, I did a series of videos that I call Before You, uh, uh, Before the Editor. That's what they're called. Sorry. (laughs) Forgot what my own videos were called. (laughs) (laughs) They're, They're called Before the Editor. And it's really not it's not meant to be your final publishing videos. This is really for people who are wanting to submit to an agent or, or a publisher uh, to see if they'll even take their book. Uh, And it's also for people who want to send their, their book to an editor and they want to have the editor focus on what's most important, which is your, your prose, your, Mm -hmm. all the words that you wrote, not how you wrote them necessarily, not with, um, not with the tools that you used. So it focuses on the videos focus on using word, Microsoft word to build a clean document that 
uh, is easily translatable moving forward. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you send something to an editor, if you don't know how to format your paper, you might have tabs in some place, places, and then you might go space, 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 space to make the same indent as a tab makes. Um, mm-hmm. Some people grew up in a time where you would push enter at the end of every line to get it to go right. to the next line. Like a typewriter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, because there's no consistent teaching on that, and it's not really something that you focus on when you're in high school, and I don't know if how many people were like me, but oh, those classes in the, the computer room were so boring. <laughs> how many people actually paid attention, <laughs> right? <laughs> so anyway, I uh, I have... I've talked to a lot of people and I've looked at enough uh, manuscripts coming in from people who have gone through their editor and then wanted to publish their paper with, with my formatting uh, experience that I see this consistent issue with, we don't have any consistency in how we've learned Mm -hmm. how to, to use programs like Microsoft word. So I put together the series of videos to sim- to point out the most simple, basic formatting steps that you can take to make sure that you don't have to waste time down the road with fixing all those little things. So it teaches mm-hmm. you how to use w- words, macros, um, which is the styles, essentially, uh, that let you set up all of your font for different things. If you want all of your paragraphs indented and or you only want certain ones indented, you can make a style just for that paragraph or just for that heading. And then you just click the button and it changes all the words in that line to what you need it to be and so on and so forth. Kind of like that. But they're really, Mm -hmm. they're just really meant to help people put forward their best work before they send it out to the professionals who are going to be looking at it and evaluating it. And it helps your editor not have to go through and fix the tabs or fix the the, uh, the soft enters, soft return um, helps your editor not to have to look for where you have too many spaces where they don't belong or mm-hmm. um, things like that. So it's really literally just to help you put forward a beautiful piece of work that people are not going to be judging it on how it looks, but on what they're reading. Right. No, that's a really helpful tool. It also will save you money because if the editors are focused on all of the little nitpicky things, they're going to charge for that. So true. Yes. And I I think that that's one reason that my own personal editor was so happy when I made this uh, series of videos because she didn't want to be spending her time doing those things. She wanted to spend her time really helping them with their their work, words, and how the story is put together and not getting distracted by uh, little nitpicky things that don't really matter so much. No, that's really great. And I'll make sure and um, add your links in the show notes so that, you know, so that people can go find that because that is really helpful. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. You also did, not too long ago, um, an anthology compilation of other authors' stories. Uh, and, and you put this all together and created a contest, right? Can you share a little bit about that and how that went? Yeah, again, that came down to really wanting to uh, support and encourage other writers in the writer community. It was this idea of having a writing contest to put together an anthology where all the writers, um, nobody makes any money off of the book, not even I do, because what happens is is with that book, all the, the proceeds, all the profits, I should say, go to um, Compassion International. I thought that it would be fun if we supported each other as writers 
through sharing the book, but also if we supported a worthy cause where uh, mm-hmm. someone goes out into the world and helps people in ways that maybe we can't do that. So Compassion mm-hmm. International is one of those those uh, nonprofits that does. They make a huge difference in children's lives with schooling and food and and uh, clothing and things like that. So they're they're an excellent nonprofit to support. Really great. But the anthology, I p- researched how to put together a, a, a legal uh, <laughs> contest. And so <laughs> that took a while, which is interesting because there's a lot of rules and regulations regarding that. But um, I put that together. And instead of using a word like blog battle, we took the cover that I had designed and then I reached out to you because you were awesome and said you would definitely help me with judging these stories, which probably was an interesting experience in and of itself. <laughs> but I had uh, several people uh, uh, submit their stories and we went through a process where you write the story. It needs to have some kind of element that connects to that cover on the book. It needs to be science mm-hmm. fiction or fantasy these were the the basic rules of it and needed to be something that you could watch with your or not watch but your uh you know kid that was maybe 12 13 could mm-hmm. read and it wouldn't be inappropriate in any way I didn't want anything that would that my kids couldn't read essentially <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh people uh submitted their stories and I went through and I did the first round. I made sure that everybody got assigned a number, that there were no names attached to any of them. So there couldn't be any bias about who had mm-hmm. submitted their stories. And I read through them and chose the top 10 and submitted them to you and one other author, uh, Claire Bonschbach. Uh, And the two of you got to read through them and rate the stories. And then I took all three of our ratings and added them together to get to the winner of of that anthology. So the the stories that are inside the book are the top 15 stories. So the top 10 with a first, second, and third place winner. And then my story. And the cool thing is, is these are authors from all over the world. There's uh, Australia, United Kingdom um Georgia but not the the state but the country mm-hmm. <laughs> um here in the United States and so it was really fun to to see how people took that picture challenge that inspiration mm-hmm. on the cover and turn it into a story and you can see the elements in each of them as you read so it's kind of fun to pick out oh that's from the cover oh that's from the cover <laughs> as you read yeah well it's just such a it was such a cool experience I was honored to be a part of it and for the cause that it went to um but I just it's just another another way of you bringing people together and especially giving giving writers a chance who maybe had not published anything yet to to have that experience and to be able to put something out and and be published and I think that was a really neat opportunity do you think you would do it again uh, I think if I had more time in the day, I would because it, it does take a lot of time. Oh, yeah. And so as far as see, that was around the same time where things started picking up for me business wise, as far as formatting and cover design and things. Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, I had to make a decision about what was most important and where I would love to do that again, and really build on that and make a series of of books that are all about uh, supporting writers and supporting a good cause. Uh, but I think I would need some help 
<laughs> with, sure. with oh, the yeah, time sure. it takes to do. So that would turn into its own own business in a sense, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. Totally love helping people. And if I have information, I have a really hard time not sharing it. I get really excited when someone asks a question and I know the answer. <laughs> I think that's what leads me to want to help other people in this regard. Yeah. So I might not have all the answers, but I love researching and finding them. You were that girl in class that would always raise her hand. Uh, Yes, that was me. (laughs) I'm embarrassed. Yes. Yeah. No, don't. Because that's awesome. That's that's an incredible quality to be able to research something, to find out the answer, and to share it. Because that's what people need. Thanks. So... So that's a that's a good strength that you have. Sometimes, yes, I will. Agree. <laughs> Sometimes it's just obnoxious. <laughs> we all have to admit that. <laughs> How would you encourage other creatives in their own journey? Those, whether maybe they're writers or artists or even something else, um, do you have a piece of advice or something that you would like to encourage them on their own creative journeys? I would say. Whatever creative journey that you're on, um, a big part of you is doing that for yourself. And not everyone is going to understand it. Not everyone is going to uh, be interested in it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make it any less important, especially for Mm -hmm. you as an individual and as a creative. So continue to follow your passion, chase it, um, and find other people to connect with who have similar passions and who are creative because they're going to understand what it is that drives you and makes you excited about what you're doing. And, and don't discount the, don't uh, ignore the people who don't agree (laughs) or don't find Mm -hmm. interest in it because they're valuable too, but maybe just not in this part of your life. So just Mm -hmm. find that balance and don't, don't stop chasing what you're excited about just because people close to you don't get it. Yeah. Awesome. How should people get a hold of you? What's the best way? Is it your website or are you on a particular social media that that people could find you on and follow you and oh, check yeah. out your works? I'm I'm all over the place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, probably the place where I I like to be the most is is um, Instagram. Okay. So that's just Rachel Ritchie, and it's R A C H A E L. R-I-T-C-H-E-Y. Okay. And and what's your website? And that's also rachelritchie.com. Perfect. <laughs> and then I'm on Twitter and Facebook and uh, DeviantArt. I forgot. I've, I've put up some of my artwork on DeviantArt. Oh, good. So that's, again, Rachel Ritchie. I tried to make it as easy as possible <laughs> to find me. That's good. <laughs> because I do. I love to connect with people, writers, non-writers. That's awesome. Can they get to all of those places through your website? Yes, they're all there. Some easy clickable buttons at the top. And do you, on DeviantArt, do you sell your art? Yeah, I've not gotten to that point yet. So now I just okay. share it to see. It's all copyrighted, but you can go look at it and, and check it out if you want to. Eventually, if I get better and better at digital art, I probably will move that direction. Well, I can't wait to get on there and check out some of your art as well, because I didn't know you were on there. <laughs> it's been fairly recent that I've gotten on there. And I'm on Wattpad, too, for, for writers, just uh, just because I thought that was a fun way to connect with people as well. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is a fun way. Can you explain Wattpad? I'm not sure we've had anybody talk about that yet, just in case someone doesn't know what that is. Sure. So Wattpad is uh, like a conglomeration of writers and readers from around the world. Again, just huge. Uh, people will write stories and you can post them on there. You can, uh, people can just come and read them. There's no cost to do that. People will read through your story. They'll like sections of it. You put it in chapters or a whole book all at once. It doesn't really matter. Um, people can comment on your stories. So, you know, that's how, uh, uh, what's, what's her name? Who wrote the, the famous shades of shades of gray. Is that what it's called? No, I'm blanking on it. <laughs> uh, uh, E.L. James? Yeah, that's how she became famous at first was her stories were on on uh, Wattpad. And it was, at the time, though, it was uh, Twilight fan fiction that morphed right. into something else later, of course. But <laughs> it started out as Twilight fan fiction, which is something you'll find a lot of on Wattpad is fan fiction. Yeah, so if you read a lot of fan fiction like a certain kind of story you'll see a whole bunch of people that write those there's lots of good stuff on there and there's lots of not so good stuff on there just so you know yeah <laughs> it's not all the same quality but it's really fun for people to get on there and to participate and write their own stories for people to read uh, about things that they have in common so that that fan base and then also for people like me to to post uh, stories that I want to share with people before I publish them uh, just to get some feedback and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's a great point. As a as a writer, that is a place where you can you can post different chapters or pieces or maybe even the whole book. But but to be able to get feedback before you hit publish, especially if you've never had anybody else read your work and you don't know how it would be received. Right. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Exactly. Yeah, and it's not for everybody. Some people would probably be better off uh, joining a writing group to get that feedback. That's a good idea, too. And there's online writing groups and in-person writing groups. You just have to search for them. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing your creative story with us. And um, it's been really fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on and letting me ramble and talk about pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here for we just want to chat and have fun <laughs> it's great oh <laughs> uh, well i'll make sure and put all your links like i said in the show notes so if anyone um needs help finding them that's where they will be well, thank you thanks again well thank you we'll talk to you later